Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, baby. Hey. <laughs> why? Why, is that why are funny? you laughing? Why were you laughing? I'm laughing. I can't you say, hey, baby. I laughed because you started laughing. <laughs> I'm trying to get in the flirting mood for our Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. Okay. You got to stay on theme, babe. On brand. On um, message. Okay, okay, okay. You know, I was thinking... Oh, we're keeping all of that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. we're going to keep it. So this week, the regular news outlets that I consume couldn't help but cover like what's been going on, right? I feel like at this point, this has risen to the level of it's impacting enough people that this crypto crash is going on that... It's getting out into the mainstream a little. Would you agree? Yeah, it's that's, that sounds about right. And it's so cool because I feel reading and I'm listening and I'm watching and I understand what people are saying and I'm also noticing how wrong everyone is. I guess that's step one of becoming a Bitcoiner. I think so. I was watching uh, Crystal and Sagar. I like their show Breaking Points. They don't all. I don't always agree with what they say, but I was really interested to see what, how they were going to cover. Uh, the crypto crash, and I thought it was a little disappointing. I wasn't surprised, but I did think it was disappointing the way that they were lumping Bitcoin into everything that was going on. It felt a little disingenuous, but it also felt like maybe they didn't completely understand what the Bitcoin project is, even though ultimately the Ansagar did like under his breath say like, okay, yeah, but everyone should hold. Um, you know, Crystal was going in on how... Even though in the beginning she was excited by the ethos of Bitcoin and all that it was to promise, look at what's happening now. So obviously we know we can't we can't even hold on to hope for Bitcoin. They don't know how to talk about a thing that's not an overlord, like a state or a company, right? Like or a government. Yeah, they kept lining up things that were happening with companies that maybe sell Bitcoin on their exchange with Bitcoin. Which it completely defeats the purpose of Bitcoin, which is like, yeah, you can come in and try to do whatever you want, but ultimately things cannot, There, it's not a decision of a company or a person what's going to happen to Bitcoin. Exactly. So with that, I was watching them and I thought, wow, it's so easy if you were not into this stuff to listen to how they're covering this topic and really make that decision once and for all like nah bitcoin's not for me that is the iq test that is bitcoin like did you do your own homework or are you just going to mm, let someone else yeah. tell you what it is and so to that point like you get bitcoin at the price you deserve <laughs> you get bitcoin when you finally do your own research and realize that what people are saying is actually wrong yeah and you're not just appealing to their authority saying oh they usually know what they're talking about so they must know what they're talking about for this particular topic yeah and it's unfortunate that they obviously do not listen to our podcast <laughs> i'm willing to bet they don't <laughs> thankfully you do so let's get into it honey what is going on give us an update with what is happening with this crypto crash they call it black monday now they've given it a fancy name they've branded it mm -hmm. so black monday crypto crash what has happened and how does it connect to Bitcoin? So first, I want to comment on the Black Monday thing, which is, I find it interesting that they've given Black the name Black Monday to the day that this like January 6th commission started. Interesting. It's the same day. 
Break it down for me, babe. What's your theory? This isn't a theory. I'm just saying that we now have a day called Black Monday that's related to a crash in crypto, not the fact that a former president basically tried to steal the presidency. We've conflated those two dates. <laughs> and I just find that very interesting. And, I, and maybe that's going to be something that is remembered in the future. But I just thought it very interesting. I, didn't, I, I hadn't even really heard it called Black Monday like that. Like not in my circles, not in the Bitcoin circles. Well, that's the if anything, really it's interesting called, part. It's the anti-Bitcoin circles that are calling it Black Monday. If anything, it's like Bitcoin's on sale day. Exactly. Right? So it's Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone has picked that name already, but you know, if, well, see there if we are can, no rules on the internet. Let's see if we can buy the domain. But outside of that, like Black Monday naming the main two updates that have gone on with this crypto crash is you know first thing is Terra. we got to talk about Terra because that's going on with Terra? because that's not over so do kwan he's in trouble oh yeah he's getting arrested or has he been arrested i don't know i don't know but he's in some trouble run he's he's in some trouble when you rob people for a lot of money you never really (laughs) know who you're robbing and he robbed some very determined individuals to find out what went on with Terra. It's been revealed that Do Kwan was pulling about $80 million a month into random Bitcoin accounts. Like $80 million, I guess, worth of Bitcoin. But he's been like cashing out on Terra this entire time, even before this crash. So he's embezzling. That's that's, that's just right, embezzling, yeah. right? Okay, that's number one. Number two, there's a class action lawsuit now. It look, it's looking really interesting because it's looking like they're not only going after Terra, but they're going after any exchange that was interacting with Terra. And so, like, um, there was a quote from this article that I read where they're basically like the law firm that's leading this uh, class action has said, if you purchase Luna or Terra on either Coinbase or Kraken or Binance or Gemini, please reach out to us. So they're not just going after Terra. Like, they're going after the exchanges. And this is an American class action lawsuit, even though <coughs> Terra Luna is not an American company. I don't know which one it is. Do Kwan is Korean, but I don't think it's a Korean company. I think it's a Singaporean mm-hmm. company. It's either Singapore or Korea, but it's definitely not based American, out of the United States. Yes. Um, so that's number one. And, you know, we're not going to really... Harp- I just love how litigious Americans are because we're like, oh, you took my money. I'm going to sue. I'm going to get my money back. Yeah. And and they really think they can. Right, exactly. It depends on whose money you took. Obviously, he took money from a lot of people that probably aren't very powerful. But you take enough of it, they kind of become powerful. And that's literally what a class action lawsuit is, right? So that's Terra. So that's Terra. Um, but then also Black Monday, um, there's this another company, crypto company called Celsius. And what does Celsius do? Celsius is a crypto company that's trying to present itself as a bank, as like a bank that's not a bank. So come deposit your Bitcoin with us. Come deposit your Bitcoin, your Ethereum, your various tokens, right? We'll pay you interest on them like a bank. You can come to us and use your crypto as collateral and borrow dollars or like they're trying to be a bank. But the interest rates that they pay out were always just comically large. You put your money in a savings account in Bank of America, you're earning less than 1%. You put your money into Celsius and you can earn, I think on their website, they say up to 17%. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing to generate 17% to pay me? You're not going to do that for free. So that means you're, you're generating what, 17.1% somewhere mm-hmm. else? Like, where are you doing that? Right. right. Where is this money coming from? So what happened is also on Monday, Celsius 
put out a blog post. Mm -hmm. It starts off with, due to extreme market conditions, today we are announcing that Celsius is pausing all withdrawals, swaps, and transfers. I'm not even going to read the rest. So it just means they're completely stopping the use of what their services were supposed to be and locking people's money. They have locked up everyone's money. Damn. Everyone who had still, money. Still right now, still, as we record. Still, and it's not getting unlocked anytime soon. It's not. And this is legal? What do you mean this is legal? I mean, I don't even know. That question doesn't make sense. So. <laughs> so. They're doing it, but can they get away with it? That's the question. There's, there's a lot that's going on with Celsius. Now, I'll give Celsius credit. They did it in a, they wrote a blog post, at least. This isn't terror where it just like silence for two days. Right. Word on the street is that Celsius might have triggered the terror collapse because they got out. And when they got out, that might have triggered the run, right? But this is a trail of scam all feeding on each other. And so Celsius has locked up all these people's money. That's terrible in and of itself. However, there's one kind of popular YouTuber guy um, who goes by the name of BitBoy. BitBoy. <laughs> and um, he wrote a very interesting uh, tweet. The Bitcoin version of Paperboy? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. But he wrote up an interesting tweet thread where he basically laid out how he had money in Celsius. In his attempt to get his money out of Celsius, Celsius basically said, in order to get your money out, you need to send us more money. <laughs> like straight up Nigerian prince style oh. scam. My friend, my friend, if you send me a thousand dollars, I will release to you. Like, And people are falling for this. No, no one's falling for it. I hope. I mean, if they have, they're not tweeting about it. <laughs> but exactly. Right. I, I'm not going to say Ooh. no one's falling for it. I'm sure some people have fallen for it. Right. But my point is, is that. There's a backstory to this particular guy, which is why I used this particular tweet thread to talk about what's going on. So on this podcast, we've talked about um, one of the Bitcoin personalities, this guy named Svetsky, right? Right. So last year, Svetsky and this guy had a debate. And a debate is a very loose term, but that's what we're going to call two men. Was it a Twitter fight or like a no, Zoom they, call? It was a two men with different opinions talking to each other that's adorable that's a debate in 2022 yes, a right debate. okay it counts, it counts. okay so they had i a think it's a versus or a face-off sure that's, what, that's it, what you know kids these days call it yeah it was <laughs> so here's the thing um like i had just recently come into a lot of svetsky's like writing um and so i was quote unquote like a svetsky fan and he i hadn't really seen him do like a debate before so i was like just curious to watch and I watched it and I came away thinking one thing, man, Svesky really gave it to that guy. That debate was a pretty hot subject in the Bitcoin community for a while. Yeah. There was a lot of people saying Svetsky was offensive to this guy, BitBoy. They said he was condescending. They said he was, you know, rude. Ah, so he rubbed rude. a lot of people the wrong way. He was, he was. He also exposed that they don't really understand Bitcoin. Well, I'm no, like he, he was basically, like if you go read Svetsky's stuff, he's a Bitcoin or die person. And the main argument that this guy BitBoy was making is that people are making so much money over in the crypto world. Mm -hmm. Why are you against them making money? This money is changing people's lives. 
and this and, is why and Sve- because it's ruining people's lives and Svetsky was saying like no this all the stuff that you're promoting is a scam mm-hmm. and it's going to fall apart at some point it just hasn't happened yet yeah and so and after that debate i remember just thinking like there were a lot of people that quote unquote sided with bitboy now here we are today and BitBoy has literally been the victim of something that he was promoting on his YouTube channel. So do we feel bad for him? I don't. I do. I don't. <laughs> but the point that I'm getting at... Yeah, but because a lot of the things that he had been saying and, and maybe advocating for have also screwed over a lot of other people. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like... It's dangerous. This is real life. And so... This is people's um, money. And so there's another guy that I watch on YouTube who he didn't call anyone. I guess he did call people by name, but he made a video that was talking about do not forget the people that shilled all this crap that's collapsing. Mm -hmm. Do not let do not pretend like they didn't do it. Do not forget who they were. BitBoy is one of those people. Yeah. So do we feel sorry for him? You can if you want to, but don't forget that he's a victim of something that he promoted. Yeah. And he's met. There has to be accountability to the people who want to be thought leaders in this space. Exactly. And so I don't think BitBoy ever claimed to be a thought leader. I think he was just trying to be a hype man. (laughs) Hype man, thought leader. Influencer, right? In 2022, those are the same thing. They are the same thing. They're all the same thing. It's like the guy at the and one game who's like on the side of the court with a microphone. It's like, you know, he wants to be in the he's game. He's not official, but he's in it. Yeah, but he's in the game. He people doesn't get to dribble. People are paying attention. He doesn't get to dribble. He doesn't get to shoot, but he does get to be part of the game, right? The point that I'm getting at here is all the things that Svetsky was talking about in that debate, a lot of people said they were rude, mean, arrogant, condescending. And the point wasn't that though, that he was being those things. It was that if you don't understand what you're getting yourself into... That's the only way that you're going to understand. I don't know what to tell you, right? Yeah, this was a lesson that he had to learn. And a lot of people had to learn. And a lot of people had to learn, right? And so my point is that that's why we only talk about Bitcoin on this podcast. Because I don't want any of the people that listen to this podcast or any of my friends or any of my family to wake up one day and be like, I can't get at the thing that you told me was the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And the thing with Bitcoin is like, if you do it the way that we're saying to do it, that will never happen to you. And the way we're saying to do it is... The way we're saying to do it is make sure that you have your keys. Not your keys, not your coin. All right, babe, let's get into it. My guess is a lot of people who follow us and listen to our stuff are very curious to see what we have to say for the price of Bitcoin dropping to 20. We can regurgitate all of the things that we've talked about, you know, the past almost 20 episodes that explain what the Bitcoin project is. Either you've listened to those episodes or you haven't. I I don't think it's really worth bringing those back up again. It's about probably the conviction that you have to build as you understand all of these things. But let's talk about what's happening in the crypto world, because I think it's just a reflection of our current financial systems. Yeah. So Terra Luna and Celsius are just microcosms of how the world works. And the only difference between Terra and Celsius is that there's no one to bail them out. So the company isn't. And so what the people are trying to do is get a bailout per se, like through a class action lawsuit. Yeah. The difference is that 
when a company goes bankrupt and they have some of your money, going through the legal process, it's not a bailout. That's what should happen. They go to bankruptcy court. There are laws for bankruptcy court. And based on how much money you had and what type of what type of assets you had with that person, you just move up the ranks of who gets paid off from the remaining money. That is like a natural, healthy way for a business to go out of business. Mm-hmm. It's not the best, but it stops the losses and the effect in theory right there, right? And it's kind of like it is what it is. It is what it is. If it's not sustainable, it should fail, mm-hmm. right? We can't have things that are unsustainable continue to exist because somewhere we're making up that deficit. And so with Terra and Celsius crashing the way that they have, I think the Terra crash was indicative of the Fed because they were trying to create a peg to something else, right? And they're trying to, that's not what the Fed does, but they manipulated things to keep that peg Correct. at what it yeah, was, right? There's they're, a, they're an agenda unquote, that they're trying to to lead to. And for them, it's just maintaining the value of sure. the dollar. The point that I'm saying, I'm just trying to make some quick analogies here, which is like, I would say Terra is the Fed and Celsius is the banks. Yeah, right? I think that's a really great analogy. And so Terra failed the way that eventually the Fed will fail, mm-hmm. right? Which is whatever we're doing, we actually can't do it. And you just throw your hands up in the air and literally just walk away. And we're even seeing in the plan that the president just put out to address the I don't I don't know if it was acknowledged it's to avoid recession ever set I don't know if it was to avoid a recession even though we're already in one um, or if it was to combat inflation but ultimately it was like we're gonna see if the Fed can do something about it like that's it exactly as a country as a federal government that's really the only tool that we use then the fed ultimately can't really make even an uh, instant impact right it, t- it takes eight to ten months to truly see the consequences or the results or outcomes of adjustments that the fed makes mm-hmm. there is no real control but at the same time we have this false perception that someone's in charge that is the fiat world mm-hmm. the fiat world wants you to believe that at the end of the day someone can fix this and the fact of the matter is no one can fix it and the difference with bitcoin is that bitcoin starts from that premise it doesn't pretend that there's someone that can fix it it tells you there ain't no one in charge mm-hmm. no one's in charge as horrifying as that is we should all come to learn that we're safer with that scenario than letting private companies and governments control our money. That is the main, you know, that's the main value prop for Bitcoin is that you actually control your money. And so when people say it's not a currency, it's like it's it's a currency. It's just not widely accepted. Right. Like there's Jamaican dollars. You can't spend those at Whole Foods. <laughs> Right? You can't spend Jamaican dollars most places. You could probably spend Bitcoin more places than you can spend Jamaican dollars. Yeah, it was really interesting bringing it back to Crystal and Sagar. Like, Crystal was like, you can't you can't even really buy anything with Bitcoin. People aren't accepting Bitcoin as currency. Meanwhile... They are. Meanwhile, it is reported that by the end of 2023, 75% of businesses will be accepting Bitcoin. That'll be exciting. That'll be exciting if we are that soon in that reality where as much as 
people might be ill-informed about the topic, the reality of the world that we live in is going to say like, no, this is here. I use it. My mom uses it. You know, once we get to that point, then hopefully people can't make these (laughs) really wide sweeping ignorant claims just because they haven't been on top of something for a year. Like just because you don't pay attention to Bitcoin every day doesn't mean that you have to be so dismissive of it when it is something that is going to have ups and downs. It's going to have predatory uh, companies and organizations trying to make money off of it, trying to scam people off it because it is confusing, right? It takes a second to understand it. You got to be an enthusiast. You got to listen to a podcast to understand it, right? Mm -hmm. All of these things, it's just ripe for so much vulnerability and like a consumer base. But I still think based on everything that you've told me that despite all of this craziness, these types of events right like cyber monday also just i feel like this was also the week that everyone's kind of embraced that if we're not in a recession we're about to be in one yeah i mean the fed also did raise the interest rates. right like this is the week that people aren't denying it anymore sure right and so with all of that happening i think that if you at least care about your bitcoin and you have bitcoin i hope that today's the day that you take it off the exchange and adopt the not your keys, not your coin mindset. If you have to log in to get at your Bitcoin, you don't have your Bitcoin. It's that simple. I even think like a company like Coinbase, it's traded on the stock exchange, right? Yes. It had a Super Bowl commercial. Yes. They just let go 18% of their employees. Mm -hmm. So what's going on at Coinbase? How many people have their money in Coinbase? They assume, oh, it's a stable, legitimate company. So tech company layoffs are different than most other company layoffs, number one. So in a tech company layoff, the thing you want to look at is, did they let go of software engineers? And did they? I mean, I I don't know. I'm sure they, like, (laughs) I'm just saying like, Coinbase laying off a lot of people does not necessarily mean that they fired a whole bunch of engineers Mm -hmm. because a tech company is comprised of engineers. Uh, Engineers at a tech company are factory workers at an automobile automobile plant. So like in theory, if you fire all the factory workers, you don't have a company. Like eventually you'll run out of the cars that you were selling because you're not making anymore. Coinbase, I don't believe, has fired their engineers. If I had to guess... They're letting go a lot of the people that are part of the uh, casino mm. part of Coinbase. Because when the crypto market does crash, along with tech stocks and all that fun stuff, when that does crash, that casino part of Coinbase no longer works. Everyone lost all their money. So it's going to take a while to get people back in gambling again. But couldn't that mean that Coinbase could potentially be in a situation where they go bankrupt? Coinbase is going to see decreased revenues, Mm -hmm. guaranteed. Because Coinbase's business model is still predicated on, we charge fees for you to buy these cryptocurrencies. So the more that cryptocurrencies they have on offer, the more people are gonna buy and sell it, Mm -hmm. the more fees they make. When no one's buying and selling, they make fewer fees. And if you only wanna buy Bitcoin, why would you pay transaction fees if you can buy Bitcoin free on Strike? That is a great question. Anyone who's still buying Bitcoin on Coinbase is doing it wrong. But it's better than nothing, right? Like it's better than nothing. It's still good to get Bitcoin. But but... 
if you have your Bitcoin on Coinbase, you do not have your Bitcoin. If you have your Bitcoin on Strike, you do not have your Bitcoin. You need to make sure that even after you purchase, you pull your Bitcoin out of the exchange, the place that you bought it, and you send it to a location where you are the only person who knows those 12 or 24 words that control that location. When you do that, now you own Bitcoin. I've been working with one of my best friends this entire week <laughs> to get him to get his Bitcoin off of Robinhood. Oof. Now, here's two funny things about this story. Number one, Robinhood did not allow people to take their Bitcoin off of Robinhood until very recently. It was like this year, like January of this year. How is that possible? Exactly. Wow. They were letting people buy and sell this thing called Bitcoin. And they, in theory, could have had zero Bitcoin. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they could have had zero Bitcoin because if you can't take it out, wow. the only way you could take it out is if you sell it. And all they're going to do is flip a bit and turn your Bitcoin into cash and give you cash. I'm not accusing them of this, but it was 100% possible for them to be selling and enabling the trading of Bitcoin without having any Bitcoin. And you know, I think what a lot of people who would want to be in defense of these companies, they would say, well, it's in the use, it's in the user agreement. And it's like, yeah, but you know, people don't really understand that. I mean, the user agreement isn't really the issue. The, the issue at hand is that people don't understand what Bitcoin is. Mm -hmm. Because once you understand what Bitcoin is, there are signals that you can look for to understand what level of scam is this company engaging in. If a company does not let you withdraw it, Ooh. They are scamming at the highest level Yes, because they don't necessarily have to have it. They're keeping your Bitcoin and ultimately if they they're not, take it and they move it. No, my point is that they don't have to have it. If you can't withdraw it, you cannot, you'll never see the transaction the that shows that you've bought it. You'll No, yes, but you'll never see the transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain that shows Robinhood before they enabled this, right? There was never a transaction on the official Bitcoin blockchain that everyone can see that on this day, Robinhood must have had at least the 10,000 Satoshis that Ian withdrew mm -hmm. from Robinhood. There's no transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain of anybody having gotten Bitcoin from Robinhood. So why did it take all week for you to help him get his Bitcoin off of Robinhood? I mean, part of it was because of Robinhood. Um, but the other part is like, we're doing it over text message and there's like steps, right? Like, okay, get it off of Robinhood. Where do I, what do you mean get it off? It's like, okay, first install Blue Wallet. And so he installs Blue Wallet on his phone, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, cool. Write down your backup words. Okay, cool. Now, because I have Blue Wallet on my phone, it's like, okay, like copy this. Go into Robinhood. I don't have an account, but go into Robinhood where it says transfer, mm -hmm. paste that in. Boom, done. And then it was something about like he had to wait or something for a confirmation email or whatever. Because again, it ain't really your Bitcoin, oh. right? So eventually he got it off, I believe. Or at least he has a blue wallet account and there's a transfer in progress. So then he was like, okay, well, where should I be buying it if I'm not buying it on Robinhood? Set him up with Strike, right? So right before we started recording this, he texted me and said, oh my God, transferring from Strike to Blue Wallet is so much easier. Strike has made it like, we want you to get it off of here <laughs> versus Robinhood who's he's waiting. Hip hip hooray for Strike. So like, 
so that alone right there, I'm not saying it took a week because my friend is dumb. It's just like... You, you have a life. You have other things to do. And you, this is an errand. It's a chore. You don't really think that your money is that in danger. You just assume like, oh, if it's taking this long for an organization to process this request, it's just how long it takes. You haven't experienced the speed that's capable with Bitcoin technology. The speed and the verification. Mm-hmm. I used this opportunity of this market crash to make sure that he had done that, mm-hmm. right? It's be- got to be a lesson. Because, well, he didn't lose anything. But to my point, like if Robinhood had crashed the same way, he would be locked out, number one. And number two, no one really pays attention to the Bitcoin unless there's like massive swings in the price. Yeah. So like when I texted him, I sent him an article. And his response was, yeah, I've been buying the dip. And that's what got us talking about like, well, where are you buying? And he said Robinhood. And I was like, please oh, no. get it off. <laughs> like I was like, you got like, I'm sending you an article about a company that crashed and they can't get their Bitcoin. Robinhood is like equivalent to that. Listeners, I might regret offering up my husband this way. But if you, for the life of you, cannot motivate yourself to get your Bitcoin off your damn exchange, please message us on one of our social media apps and we will walk you through it. Like... <laughs> Right. This is serious. And so like what has happened this week with Terra and now Celsius, when I was comparing Terra to the Fed, I think the comparison of Celsius to the banks is even more important Mm -hmm. because the comparison of Celsius to the banks is that when Celsius went down, they locked everyone out. Now, if the banks have some incident again and there's no one to bail them out, you are locked out. They're not going to give you your money. You're going to have to go to bankruptcy court. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going to get some FDIC insurance or whatever, right? Like there's stuff in place. That's the reality with the dollar. There's stuff in place. But the point is that the banks can lock you out just as easily. Just like the real Bitcoiners, when Celsius locked everyone out, we laughed. <laughs> that sucks for you. Oh, and it's causing panic in the market. Bitcoin's on sale. That's literally how you reacted to it. <laughs> right? Uh, My man's a troll. (laughs) I'm not a troll. I'm not a troll. It's just that when you understand what Bitcoin is and you see these things happening, you you learn really fast. Wow, I wasn't affected by that. So yeah, how do you feel like watching all of this play out? Obviously, there's an element of you being worried about people that you know. We want to make sure all of the people who we've encouraged buying Bitcoin pay attention to how they should be storing their Bitcoin. Listen to parts one to three of our Securing the Bag series. We walk you through all of it. But just as a Bitcoin enthusiast, how are you feeling watching this, watching the crash, watching the value of, the, of Bitcoin go down? Do at any point, are you like, what if I'm wrong about this? So there's 24 hours in the day. <laughs> I might feel like that for 60 seconds. All right. Like, I'm not a crazy person in the sense that, like, I think I'm 100% right. When I see how these things play out and then my brain analyzes, like, how that could go wrong in other ways, I realize that holding your wealth in Bitcoin, you could have gold, right? Like, I want to be clear about this. Like, you could, there are ways, it's probably expensive and hard, but you could have gold. We could bring a jackhammer in here and bury gold in our floor. We could do that. I don't want to do that. Nobody really wants to do that. No one wants to get a treasure map and go out in the woods and bury No one wants to do that. But you do want to have a thing that's valuable that no one knows where it is. Only you know where it is and only you can get at it. And Bitcoin is that. And the dollar price of Bitcoin has nothing to do with that. Because if we all wake up next Monday 
and it's super Black Monday. And the government's like, oh, we're devaluing the currency, which is basically what they're about to do anyway. But they, they officially say it. Right. And now every $10 is worth $9. If you had your money in Bitcoin, you're fine. Make whatever announcement you want to make, Joe Biden. It doesn't matter. And once you really realize that, you want to get, in my opinion, you want to get as much of your wealth into Bitcoin. Even though the price is going down so drastically. The price has gone down and I've increased the amount that I buy every hour. Because we're actually getting more Satoshis per dollar right now. <laughs> oh, I get it. Baby. Right? I get it. And so again, if you're living on a Bitcoin standard, everything gets cheaper for you. Everything gets cheaper for you. And it might not look like it right now. In four years, all the people that are buying right now and all the people that are buying more than they usually did right now, that's how you make that step change in your wealth as far as Bitcoin goes. Okay, so four years from now, baby, it's a date. All right, babe. So you said only 60 seconds a day. Do you question how you feel about Bitcoin? I have to ask, <laughs> how many seconds a day do you question how you feel about me? <laughs> Is it more or less than uh, 59? 59? 59. Oh, okay. That's yeah. still the wrong answer. You're supposed to say zero seconds. <laughs> 59. Nothing's 100%. Fair Nothing's enough. 100%. Enough. Noted, baby. Noted. <laughs> well, I think this was a good discussion for us to have because we're in this really weird place where I think you and I both are in agreement. We believe in Bitcoin. We fight all of the chaos that's happening out there. But I think it's important that we remember the confusion that might be coming at a lot of people. And I hope that the conversation that we had helps people hold on to their conviction and also feel more confident in what they're doing with their Bitcoin. Yeah, you got to invert your thinking. That's like the hardest part about Bitcoin is we've all been conditioned to think a certain way and Bitcoin is literally a 180. So normally when you see a number going in a certain direction, you might feel good or bad. And the only thing is when you used to feel good about a number, feel bad about it when it goes down. <laughs> and when you used to feel bad about a number, feel good about it when it goes down. So the price of Bitcoin is going down. Feel good about that. It's on sale. It's on sale. And it's going to take four years, but in four years, you will be glad that you bought any Bitcoin right now. Like I said, babe, it's a date. Thank you.